0: Events, companies, and etc. that may bear resemblance to entities living or dead is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Diamond, and for tonight's game, I will be your keeper. Thank you for joining us again on Up episode of the Old Ways podcast. I'm your keeper, Keeper Michael, and we return to Mask of Neolithate in our travel to the Orient section. Uh, so at the top of the show, as we always like to do, we'd like to thank you, the listener, and especially you, the Patreon supporters. Uh, and so it is critical to what this show wants to do, to have support from you, the community. You also get the added incentive of being able to mess with each and every one of our players, should you so choose. Speaking of, let's get to introductions to my right.
1: This is Tiffany, and I play Mae O'Shea. and uh, I'm still reading.
0: Yeah, it's uh, you had a wonderful session of reading last time. You've learned some wonderful things, some perhaps some strange and horrific things when you really think about it, but such is life. To Miss O'Shea's Shea's right.
2: This is Morgan. I play Lillian Lane, and I got to sit in on a studying session, and now we're going to do other things. It'll be fun. Like
0: <laughs> You learned an awful lot about your fellow investigator and learned an awful lot about what they're willing to do to stop the crawling chaos from taking over. And that says something. Last, most certainly not least.
3: This is Alex playing Sam Beron. And today I get to give back to our generous
0: benefactor in the only way I know how. Indeed you do. And so that is where we're going to pick up this session Sam, Lillian had indicated fairly clearly that she was looking to round out her, well, to, to bring to current her skills when it comes to um, the martial forms. You'd heard that uh, her and Jack had been working on her pistol skills and uh, she'd come to you at some point to discuss the finer points. Of blade work and perhaps, you know, the ability to be a little bit more covert as necessary. Techniques, and uh, you're getting the ball sort of laid into your court now. So I, I guess I would ask you then how are you prepared to deal with Miss Lane's request? And what series of challenges have you prepared for her? So what's funny about this is a
3: long time ago, in a lifetime far, far away, Simon provided Lillian with a a book of sorts that kind of outlined a lot of what you would consider to be tradecraft activities um, and how to put those things into practice. So I'm going to give Miss Lane the benefit of the doubt. And uh, we're going to act on the impression, at least I am, deliberately, even if it's unfair, that she's at least reviewed the material. So, um, what I've gone ahead and done, knowing this and kind of preparing for the situation, is I would have chosen a mark. Um, A man traveling alone, someone who looks discerning but not dangerous, of appropriate age, who seems to be on the ship for whatever. He's on a journey. We don't know why. That's part of the fun. Um, But yeah, I I want to choose someone that I think... Would prove to be a challenge for Miss Lane, but not a danger to her reasonably.
0: I think you would probably choose a a member of staff, most certainly, because they have a a varying amount of environs that they interact with. They move quite a bit. The staff members are not likely to be stationary, and so it will force Miss Lane to think in sort of a rapid-fire succession about next step, next step, next step. And you'll get a chance to gauge how far she's willing to sort of plan ahead. And to that end, then, I would say that you likely... You you likely pick a bus boy,
3: Assuming that they're rooming alone. That would, that would be as many other... They have to be kind of isolated.
0: We'll say that they're isolated enough. We'll say that you select one of the... Um, officers, like a
3: manager of sorts, yeah, someone in someone in charge.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
3: okay, so I will uh, I, I will have breakfast with uh, with Miss Lane at the place that I know that that person is in attendance, and I will be sipping my extremely strong ar- aromatic black coffee, um, and kind of side eyeing the target while you know Lillian has whatever she has for breakfast. We're going to start your training today. Are you excited?
2: My training for... She's been through a lot. I mean, it's like she's had a lot going on the last, you know, few weeks, so...
3: Being intentionally vague. We don't generally want to talk about these things openly. So it's important to find ways to refer to them subtly.
2: Oh, you mean those special skills you have?
3: you have them as well we just need to refine them a bit you're you're quite light on your feet um, which will serve you well but there are some things that we should probably go over from a fundamental perspective um, so the first thing to consider is sparkle and I will look at Miss Lane and see what of her is shiny what is what is shiny upon her person is she wearing any jewelry is she wearing any accessories? Shoes.
2: Well, I'm wearing shoes, most definitely.
3: Are they the shiny red boots?
2: Oh, no, no. I, I tend not to wear a lot of ornate jewelry these days just because we've been caught in situations where we've had to fight some not so nice beings, creatures, whatever. So I, you know, it just weighs me down. So I, I try to dress this. As simply as possible. But yes, I am. I'm probably wearing a a shiny hair. Do you remember how they had like, they're like almost like the comb? Or yeah, they're ornate on the end and you can slip them up in the hair.
0: Yes, you have a a very ornate hair comb that is used to sort of secure your hair. So the the first thing to
3: consider is to, to be mindful of anything shiny that you may or may not be wearing. The other thing to be aware of is your space or your spacing. So, you'll want to avoid making regular patterns where there aren't any, or breaking regular patterns where there are some. Specifically, don't get caught between a light source and a viewer. Don't move quickly. And don't make a sound. That's all the help I can offer you right now.
2: But, so why do I have to be aware of shiny stuff that I'm wearing?
3: Because otherwise it makes you easier to see when you're trying to hide. You see that fellow over there? Do I see the fellow over there? I do. Yes. you do? There are some things that you are going to take the time to learn about him without his knowledge. You're going to figure out who he is, write this down. You're going to figure out where he's from, what is of value to him, and how he's dangerous.
2: He's a busboy.
3: Everyone is dangerous. You have to know how he's dangerous. Perhaps he's dangerous. I won't give you any freebies. Just know that everyone is dangerous. Everyone that risks the ability to expose you is dangerous. And there are only three rules. If you are seen, you must flee and successfully evade detection and resume your vigil. If you are accosted, you must defend yourself and incapacitate your mark without killing them. The third rule is that surrender and identification are not options. You are not allowed to charm yourself out of this. You are a predator hunting prey which will often consist of other predators who are no less or more capable and dangerous than you are. And this is your weapon. And I'm going to slide across a blunted knife, like underneath my hand across the table. And it's a knife that I took from the kitchen when I was making their dinner that I have thoroughly de-lethalized. It's effectively a, a really thin club right now. But it's weighted properly. And this will be the only weapon you carry. Are we clear on the rules?
2: Okay, so you want me to stealth and figure out who the busboy is, where he's from, Mm -hmm. what he values, Mm -hmm. and how he is dangerous. Mm -hmm. Yes. If I am caught, or if I am seen, I am to flee. Accosted, I am to defend myself.
3: These are not options, because capture is death.
2: This weapon that you gave me is something to use as a defense only but it's not a lethal weapon
3: that is correct you'll need it trust me
2: I don't know if I'm, re- I don't know if I'm ready for this
3: I will not be you will not be alone in this exercise I would not abandon you I will be keeping an eye on things
2: Lillian's visibly like, gotta, she's. I'm, I'm definitely nervous about this. Like, while in a group, I can definitely, I have the confidence to take care of myself. Alone is a little, in a situation that I'm not used to. I'm used to being able to walk up and try to manipulate the person that I need to. I- I'm used to being able to talk my way out of things and or have somebody there at my defense, you know, to help me.
3: Get comfortable with discomfort. Anticipate situations as they unfold And be ferocious when necessary
2: So are you going to be with me in this little training exercise?
3: I thin- I toss back my coffee I'm going to leave you now And let you determine when and how you are going to go about this If you need me, I hand you a torch I take it Flash this a couple times And I'll find a way to connect with you While you're working
2: so, Mike, just I'm assuming my phobia is going to come into play here, correct?
3: <laughs>
2: yep. Because I don't like being left alone. Let's make it a little bit harder.
3: Stealth is about survival, Lillian.
2: Oh, I, 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 I want to survive whatever we're up against next. But I, I finish up my, my team. I kind of look down at what I'm wearing, and I like I keep the busboy in in view but I looked down at what I'm wearing and I'm wearing just like I just have a plain outfit on I didn't put anything on to like ornate other than the hair comb which I take out and I put inside my blouse that so it's hidden to kind of not make me seem so shiny
0: I want to know how you're going to overcome your fear of being alone
2: I don't know that's a good question
0: um yeah when I disappear
3: I just find I find a way I follow the hunter is my
0: plan so Lillian Sam disappears and as soon as he's out of visual range you can feel the slightest tickle in your throat that additional perspiration on the inside of your palm there are are people around so you're not completely alone but after that next breath there's a an understanding that you are alone because there's no one else here that you know and your mind sort of begins to gear forward and you begin to imagine things which are not there.
2: Can I take a moment and like close my eyes to get my bearings and just know that my friends are on this ship and if I am if I needed one of them and did I know Sam was going to be nearby or was he just like disappearing (laughs) Did I just think he was just...
0: he just disappeared
2: I think knowing that I can get a hold of Sam by using the torch makes me feel like I'm closer that he's closer than just totally gone gone
0: I I think that it is a fine um, thing. It is a fine thesis for you. But where the rubber meets the road is, do you have the willpower to not call out for him? Do
2: I? I mean, I hope so. I mean, do you have to roll for that?
0: Well, willpower is POW in Call of Cthulhu. So if you would make me a POW roll. I'll do that.
2: You got this. (laughs) No, I don't. I got an 80 out of 50.
0: Okay. So I will give you, as I always would with any failure of a roll, I will give you the option to keep it a simple failure, or I will give you the opportunity to push the roll, or you could, of course, spend 30 luck and make a success.
2: Well, we're not spending 30 luck to make it a success. Yeah,
0: it's pretty crazy.
2: That is pretty crazy. I am going to
0: push the role. You're going to tell me how.
2: I am not only going. I'm going to, I'm going to draw on the strength that I know my other teammates have, the confidence they have in me as a as a not only a friend but a fellow investigator, and the strength I draw upon them. At be- because most of them are mentally stronger than I will probably ever be. And so I want to use their, everything I've learned from them about how far we've come and everything to to use that as part of my willpower to make it, to make it through this alone.
0: Alrighty, go ahead and uh, push the roll.
2: I got a 48 out of 50.
0: Very good you summon enough willpower to calm your very tense heart, to dig deep, brush away the sweat on your palms, the sweat that's already transferred to that makeshift weapon that you've been handed. And you even find the strength to, to slowly stand up from the table and begin to formulate and focus how you're going to overcome this first step. And so, now that you have momentarily overcome a, overcame a very important, very difficult thing, how are you going to approach your prey?
2: Well, if I'm just to technically stalk him and and do it in stealth mode or do it in a stealth manner. So where is he now?
0: Uh, He is moving out from the open dining area down to, or out to a position on the uh, deck, the outer deck of the Ormuz. And it seems that he is going to begin making his rounds to collect any sort of morning uh, libations that have been uh, passed out to passengers. He's making a sort of securitist method. He's weaving his way through the outer decks where the patio tables are. Lots of people, relatively speaking. Tables, high high bar tables, circular ones.
2: I guess I would follow him out to the deck. Yes, I'm not going to get anywhere unless I follow him. <laughs> I'm going to stick several feet behind him but do it in such a way as I like I'm kind of just taking in the morning air. This is right after breakfast, right? Um, and just mm-hmm. taking a stroll on the deck. You know, stopping every so often, usually probably when he stops, and to lean up against the railing, look out at the sea, but really pretend like I'm listening to whatever he might be talking about.
0: Okay. So if you'd like to do so, uh, we'll say surreptitiously, then I would like you to make a stealth roll.
2: Well, that's just going <laughs> to...
0: Just to be clear, that is the skill you're trying to raise, yes?
2: It is. Oh, I got a 22 out of 20.
3: Uh, so I just wanted to say something. Part of my, part of my participation in this exercise, um, I am going to do my best to try to anticipate... It comes to me, she's going to take a relatively, I guess, I would say, like, naive approach, right? So, anticipating where I think she's doing and how she's going about things, I'll be doing my best to set her up for success surreptitiously. Mm-hmm. So, let's say, for example, I see her trying to kind of find an angle. I may create a distraction of sorts, like tip over a a coffee table like knock, knock over like a coffee cup on someone's table or like bump into a dish person or you know little things like that um yeah. that she may not necessarily key into. Like I don't want her to see me doing it either. The the goal for me systematically is to try to give her an advantage on these roles without letting it be like a you know an auto success.
0: The way you'll do that is is basically by making a hard stealth roll. It's just like a six? it's like it's like a like an assistance role i don't sure whatever R- roughly speaking yeah basically so you're going to make a roll, a, a stealth role at a harder difficulty in a sense to to give her some sort of cover or to provide her a material bonus
3: there is a sixteen hundred ninety five for you an extreme success
0: okay so if you if you'd like to take advantage on the role you can million
3: that's really close though you might just want to spend the look
0: no, oh, that's that is exactly what you could do.
2: Yeah, I was already thinking I would spend the two luck anyways to make it a success.
0: So if you're going to spend the luck, it's it's a flat twenty. So that is um, a basic stealth role. And and to to your point, uh, Sam, she does approach it rel- relatively elementary. Perfect, um, because that's all she knows. Yeah, we got to start somewhere. And so, with a success on the roll. Uh, you are able to shadow him and get all the way to the bow of the boat without him noticing that you're following him, and you feel very accomplished, Lily.
2: I am. I do. Do I get any information along the way?
0: Oh, you pick up all sorts of information from the other passengers. Oh, you pick up on what other people are doing. The nice part about and. This is sort of your play in you feel. Um, the nice part about for you being a woman is that most of them cigar smoking men out here ignore you. They're talking about business and travel and trade and railroads. And the last thing they're going to do is pay you any mind. And so you, <laughs> you don't so much um, sip tea as that you fill your pitcher. And it becomes this... Uh, you get this realization that there's this secondary world that exists. And it's a world you probably have dipped in before, but maybe just not to this extent. You've been the ignored person at your father's dinner parties before. But now you're taking it on as an adult, as, as a method to just sit and listen and gather information along the way about what people are talking about. And when you mimic it up with these movements... Uh, it becomes this odd dance for you to get from one area of the ship to another. And it gives you a secondary purpose for doing it. And so it gets a little bit exhilarating at the end. <laughs> you sort of feel the energy of all of that extra work come forward.
2: As as you mentioned, that I'm used to being the ignored person in the room. It's nice to be able to eavesdrop on, on these men and... then. Probably will help gain an upper hand on something or another later on down the line.
0: Certainly. So, for the purposes of raising skills at this point, this is what I'd like to do. Uh, I would like uh, Sam, you to make another mentoring role similar to the last one you made. And then, what we'll do is we'll carry over, if it's hard success or better, we'll carry over an advantage die for Miss Lane and she can make a stealth role. And provided she makes that stealth roll, then you'd have the ability to earn skill points in that instruction.
3: That is a hard success, 28 over 95.
0: What would make that an extreme,
3: just out of curiosity?
0: It wouldn't give you any... I would, As your keeper, I would tell you not to waste the... the there'll be no additional benefit for you.
3: So there's one more thing that I want to do. I'm going to wait until she is in an area where she's not supposed to be. Like, I'm watching her embrace the thrill, right? And I want to watch her follow this fellow until she gets into an area where she's not supposed to be and when I think that she's gathered the information that she's supposed to gather I'm going to confront her in disguise from a distance and then I'm going to accost her that's my plan
0: okay accost her in what way?
3: like physically like I'm going to attempt to apprehend her and force her to fight me in disguise
0: okay that's interesting. Uh, so he's made his roll, Lillian. I'd like you to make a power roll to learn the skill, though. Okay. Is the sheer force of will that allows you to raise your skill.
2: At a 14 out of 50.
0: Okay. So I am going to raise your skill by six points. Whoa. And you are now accosted by a wild Sam. Or not, Sam. Actually, so in in
3: the darkness of the hallway, as I as I see as I see Lillian creeping away from the mark, I will give a haughty, "Hey, are you there? What are you doing back here?"
2: Lillian like spins around and like looks at him, and then just takes off running.
3: I know she's fast as hell, uh, but I'm going to rely on my knowledge of the terrain to cut her off before she gets out in the open
0: where there are passengers and such. All right. I, I'll, I'll be happy to indulge this for a second. I want you both to make me con rolls.
2: Get an extreme success of six out of 60.
0: Oh <laughs> okay. Okay. So it's a standard success. What's Sam's move? It's nine. Okay. So here's the thing. Um, uh, you don't go up or down on the chase rules at all. Because she has an extreme success, she goes up two. Her movement rate is two higher, which means it's 11. And so um, as soon as the chase begins and she bolts, she, she you lose her. But the, the here's the, the problem you have, Miss Lane, is this. It's twofold. One, where are you going? And two, there's only so many places on a ship you can run. You're limited here as far as your ground. Right. Right. So, like, where would she, if she's gonna bolt? Where is she going?
2: Do I see him behind me? Do, do I mean if I'm faster? You
0: see, you see, you see some strange man behind you is what you see.
2: I am going to try to zigzag my way through the ship. Where I'm not taking a straight path anywhere. I am
0: no, certainly, it's not. A, it's not an actual chase per se, but the idea of the, of the rolling the con is to get an idea of if you outleg him or if he can keep up he knows that you're fast he knows the area but speed at some point will win if you're not going to go back to your room where where would you go?
2: I am going to go down to third class
0: Miss Lane's slumming it okay
2: and I'm going to find some place to some offshoot to hide
0: in sure alright so Sam if you're continuing to pursue I will afford you a track roll Yes, thank you. <laughs> because that is likely where you would go next. Mm-hmm. Um, so you learn. You learn, of course, that Miss um, Lane is. Ex- you learn again that she's exceedingly fast when she wants to be. Uh, unfortunately, a successful that is a
3: thirty-five under seventy-six. That is a hard <laughs> success.
0: Yeah, a hard success in the track roll is going to mean that she's going to get found. So Some, somebody's like still looking down the hall where she ran probably something like that yeah it isn't that actually it is oh. miss lane's footwear that gives her away and so because her shoes uh, tend to be in good shape and i don't i doubt you're wearing your big red boots here on the ship no um you manage to scuff one of the corners of that you are running around and it gives sam all of the um, trail that he needs to follow to, to roughly where you're at and at that point it's just sort of sniffing you out um, you are a lady and you tend to take care of yourself and that means that you will given the 20s probably likely have some sort of scent that you'll wear that's pretty natural uh, and so he is able to sniff you out um, you're hiding some sort of very covertly you think <laughs> behind uh, a couple of risers and a shelf and you, you sort of tucked your yourself into a position where if he can, if, if anybody who's pursuing you just sort simply gets past, you'll be okay. Um, and Sam, that's pretty much Sam when you, you discover where she's at, at least the general area. And you said that she's, so she's like kind of cornered herself
3: with a, with a way out. Is that what I'm? Yeah. She
0: has a way out, uh, although she has technically two ways out, but she's probably not thinking Third, three dimensionally, mm-hmm. like she could technically jump up and grab a couple of these pipes and then get back over and into the hallway, but you don't think she is likely thinking about that. So that's the route I
3: take. I'm going to go over her obstacle and mm-hmm. get in front of her, and I'm going to grab her by the shoulder, like the sleeve, and and growling like a gruff person would. I'm gonna <laughs>
0: grab her. <Okay.
2: laughs> oh.
3: All and right, so.
0: ideally, spoke the crap out of her. That's my plan. Yeah, no. That
2: <laughs> seeing as that he did that gotcha! and he gave me that nice blunt object, I'd like to jam that into his stomach.
0: Absolutely, fighting brawl. <laughs> you don't know it's Sam, nope. by the way. So I'm going to do it's, it as hard point, yeah. as
2: possible. Go for it. Oh, I'm so not going to do it hard as possible. <laughs> Get a 77 out yeah. of 45.
0: She sw- she swings on you, Sam
3: okay I I well now we're engaged in the melee so this is what I was hoping for I'm going to force Lillian to fight for her life I'm going to attempt to like get the thing out of her hand I'm going to swat at her in the dark I'm going to push her around and I want her to continue fighting me with this weapon that's that's my plan I'm forcing her to to get away from me
0: okay so um I I don't know if we want to bog down in in skill roles, but what I will say is this. If the end point for you, Sam, is getting her to hit you and and getting her to feel like she has to fight for her life. Uh, After a few, you know, pushes up against the wall after, uh, you know, getting her to feel like she's a, a cornered animal, she eventually hits you. She eventually lands a couple of solid blows. Um, and you can tell that she's fighting with a, a ferocity.
3: And once she, she gets me with a combo, I will crumple effectively and provide her with the opportunity to run while moaning and bemoaning <laughs> the pain I'm in.
0: <laughs> so I, get, I guess the question then for you, Miss Lane, is do you take that as your exit?
2: Was it dark in there and everything?
0: Oh, yeah. You have, again, the the person that's fallen before you, you have no idea who they are. <laughs>
2: Which means if I can't didn't get a good look at them, they didn't get a good look at me, so... I am.
0: Yeah, it's probably. I'm true.
2: jumping over them and running back up to my room before they have a chance to. Get you up. run your
0: way. <laughs> you run your way back to your room. Um, I'm going to say a little bit of time passes, and at some point, uh, we get back to study. And I don't know if you <laughs> Sam, if you ever uh, divulge what you're doing, but if you don't, then that's a memory that the two of you will somewhat share and somewhat not share for that matter.
3: I want I want her to have that moment forever. And I will do my best to conceal my pain. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I did my best to not accept any blows to the face. That was that was the intention.
0: Yeah, no, most of them were um you you probably blocked a blow to the face with you had to block one with, with your forearm. Mm-hmm. And so they're probably for a day or so, there's a bruise on your forearm from getting hit, but it's not something that you're not you know, willing to take. It's that diaphragm shot that I'm going to feel for a day or so. <laughs> yeah. It's that, oh man, if she had been up like a little higher, that would have been liver and that's bad. One day, the group of you, the three of you returned to Sam's room to pick up your studies. And you have been over the past you know, several days and probably week or so, Probably a week and a half at this point. Really going through uh, Ebon's tale. And it's a, it's a wild and fantastic tale of his travels throughout Hyperborea and throughout the Dreamlands and realms that you had no idea even existed. On uh, some of them, he's been to other planets. Uh, in this story, he talks about his uh, contact with a being from uh, another time and place. And he goes into this story discussing the advantages and perils of contacting spirits and entities which are beyond what normal mortals understand as safe. And so there's a bit of trepidation with the story when, when Maeve start, first starts to read and, and, and recite it. And that's because the tone of her recitation changes an awful lot. There's a lot more of a... The lower tones of her voice fill the space here. And at this point, Sam, your your stateroom is covered with all sorts of chalk markings from live read note-taking. There are symbols that have been etched into the walls here with chalk because it's the only way to work out some of the mathematics of the gating spell that you learned. It's what the sheets were for. Yeah. uh, It is definitely been an educational experience for everyone. Uh, But this tale he tells when he speaks to a a being from another time and place, he says, a, a realm which does not exist yet does a... A truly horrifying intelligence. Something that crawls along and whatever brushes it becomes tainted with its touch. He recounts this call he made to it. This call he makes, this, it wouldn't be a hymn. It wouldn't be a spell working. It would be a, an understanding of where the being was, cosmologically speaking, and a desire to reach out to that entity and learn something which no mortal could give. You knowledge of. He has not yet named the being. And it's during this portion of the reading, Miss O'Shea, that you become concerned about whom he is speaking. Things in the back of your mind. You you begin to come back to he who will not be named. There's all sorts of different intonations for. And your fear is that at the end of this story, which is yet captivating and wild, that name will appear somewhere in the text. The story continues. And his voice reaches a fever pitch. Just the right pitch. To contact this entity. And in front of him, a scene plays out. One that is... Uh, Difficult for even a bond to describe. The the buildings that he is near, this city that he was standing over, a a crest on a rise that looks down onto this beautiful village, uh, is suddenly bowled over by a cloud, a mass of cosmic energy, is how he explains it. Some sort of singing miasma of energy. It shines, it changes shape. And he begins to intone a truth that there are two beings here, he said, but they are one. One is the key, and one is the gate. And that they are both one in the same. They are both the key and the gate. And Yvonne expresses his ability to communicate with this being in its own language. So there are parts of the text here in the book which you are not able to translate as they are not written in French. They are not written in any tongue that you are aware of, at first. And so, if you're going to continue, Miss O'Shea, you need to roll Cthulhu Mythos.
1: Okay.
0: Should you so choose.
1: Uh, five
0: out of thirty-one. So that's a, that's an extreme on Cthulhu mythos, on your head, so be it. The text, which is non-French, those of you French speakers will know it, and this text is particularly important to you, Ms. O'Shea, because it is something that the Ankh does not translate for you. You do not feel that veil over your eyes, allowing you to read the mysteries which your brain does not yet understand. This text is the same sort of imagery that you've seen in parts of other books that you've read. This text that Dr. Fuhr called Erleian, an ancient tongue, times long forgotten. The being that Ibon speaks of is a entity called Yog sotha He intones here that Yog Sothoth is the key and guardian of this gate. Past, present, future, all are one. He knows where the old ones broke through of old and where they shall break through again. He knows where they have tread earth's fields and where they still tread them. It's a very It's a very unsettling series of words that come next. And why no one can behold them as they tread. And there is this image that appears on the next page. An amazing and and terrifying painted image of what Iban believes Yog sotham looks like. It's written there in the sort of brown and fragile page. This being of of a mass of strange flesh. And there are symbols around it here. He seems to indicate that the symbols spin in the air around this creature by itself. Suspended in some strange Colorful animated state. And finally, Bond says, I learned many mysteries from this being ones I wouldn't care to learn again. But one ones that became foundational for my spirit to live on and so I will offer you both an intelligence roll should you choose to accept it.
1: 45 out of 90.
0: Okay. Forty-eight hundred sixty-five. Okay. You have both learned contact Yog song
3: <laughs> Lovely. I believe I understand now what you mean when you say that there's obviously a difference between learning something and using it. This Ibon seemed bent, using much of what he learned, but he also seemed discerning in choosing to not bind himself to any one being. But it seems that in the end, even he knew that the knowledge that he was seeking, he would regret knowing.
1: Yeah, there are a lot of situations where there are things that we are just not meant to know or that our minds can't handle. I'm curious from this point on how coherent the book is or what bent it takes.
3: You know, when uh, when we were in the pyramid and the Black Pharaoh was addressing us, he made me an offer. An offer of knowledge and power to fulfill my quest, I suppose you could say my 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 goals, my objectives, my, my purpose, and I rejected them because, much like with Bast, I value I value freedom more than most things. I look at Lillian. What did he offer you?
2: Are you talking about the Black Pharaoh?
3: Yes. Did he? Did he speak in your mind? Did he reach out to you? Did he connect with you as well?
2: He did. He offered to bring Lawrence back to life.
3: Wow, that's quite the feat. F- I, I didn't, I didn't know that was in their purview. May I look at Maeve, Is that true? Is that something that that these beings can do? Can they bring things back from the dead?
1: I bet you there's a catch to it. It's probably something or someone that looked like Lawrence.
3: Well, well, no, and I'm not suggesting that, that Lillian should have taken the offer, but
1: That's what I'm saying is I don't know that I don't I don't know what for sure what their limitations are. As far as I know, they can do wild and insane things. Um my guess is I mean, I did stumble across a spell that supposedly can bring someone back if you have their essence if you have a part of them not like physical part like a metaphysical part of them
2: but would it ever be them I mean that's I mean obviously I would never have taken the black pharaoh's offer he also offered to rewrite my fate and
1: yeah, that would be my worry, is that the person that would come back would not be fully who they were. I mean, you got to think of if there's a place that they go that you can grab them from.
3: Like Nick to Chris.
1: Right. Like, what does that do to your mind floating in that place? We don't know what that place is like. Now, as far as rewriting your fate, um, from what I've talked to with the doctor... Basically the there are there's this other realm where they can you can like play with play and pull on strings that affect other things.
2: Lily gets this look on her face like really. So I mean he probably
1: could affect your fate. I don't know that he could necessarily rewrite it with getting directly
2: involved. You have to believe that fate is already set in stone, and I don't believe that.
1: Well, you have to believe in fate to begin with.
3: Well, if anything, what these books and our awareness has shown us is whether or not we believe in something, it can fucking happen.
1: Right. It doesn't mean that they don't exist. Correct.
0: I think that was a whole lot of fun. But before we go, we have some housekeeping. So... The two of you will continue working along the trip, whether it be reading spells or not, it will be finishing the read of this book. The two of you were committed to that. And so I would like to give you something and at the same time, take something from you. As there is no exchange, which is free in this portion of the game. Correct. So for completing the full read of this book, in our um, abbreviated alt version of the read we are going to give you 8 points of Cthulhu Mythos which will deduct your permanent sanity so to, to be clear Tiff it does not it doesn't actually drop your current sanity it drops your max sanity and the same thing is true for you Sam is that you would deduct your your permanent San, your your highest score that it can possibly be by the amount of the Myth points you earn.
1: I am, they're 10 points away from each other.
0: Okay, well to that end, I'd like to make you lose some sand. because that's what I'm good at. So Mr. Shea, I'm going to take 8 points of Sanity from you. Okay. That is as high as it goes for this little jaunt. And you are now immediately going to make an intelligence roll.
1: Watch, this is like the one roll I'm going to (laughs) fail. Oh, no. Uh,
0: And Sam, I'm going to take six from you. Okay. You'll also have to make an intelligence roll. 58 out
1: of 90. I did want to fail that, didn't I? You
0: did want to fail that. But that's That's, hard. I have 90. Yes, that's the (laughs) roll you want to fail.
1: Oh, it's 58 out of 90.
0: Yeah, we made it. Yeah, we bet you did.
1: So my temporary sand is at forty-one. My Cthulhu. But we're together. Is at thirty-nine. <laughs>
0: you are together, right? So yeah, we are together. You're together. And we have a so Lillian,
1: and we have a Lillian.
0: We are together. Here's what I'm going to do.
1: So we both lose a lot. Nice.
0: I'm going to spend a hand of fate for the both of you, and I'm going to negate the bout and opt to give you an insane talent instead. Oh, That sounds fun.
1: And thanks for the hand of fate. Let's hope this is as fun as it sounds.
3: Hearts out to those looking out.
0: And the person who will assist me with this is one Lillian Lane. So, Miss Lane, I would like you to roll one d20, please. A five? Okay. So, Miss O'Shea, from now on, you have access now to an augmented skill. I'm going to augment your spot hidden, and here's how I'm going to do it. Or, when you choose to spend a single point of sanity, which is how you activate augmented skills, you are going to have the ability to see through walls. Neat. You are going to get sight beyond sight in that manner, minus the whole lion thing. And so you can choose to spend a point of sanity and remove, we'll say, two meters of material. When you enact the ability, the uh, the area around your eyes and your forehead will darken like a shadow has dropped over your face, like you're wearing a veil no one can see. And, uh, Miss Lane, go ahead and roll it again. Eighteen. All right, Sam, we are going to augment your disguise. And so because you've become so very good at understanding the environment that your targets live in and sort of bridging that psychological gap between who they are and what they expect, from now on, your disguise skill, when you spend a point of sanity to fuel the ability... You will be able to not only mimic someone important to the target, but you'll be able to insinuate yourself into their life, take over one of their relatives, someone important to them. And you won't even have to know that person personally. Wow. Yeah. It's a good thing I'm not murderous anymore, right?
1: Are you, though?
3: I'm still a murderer if there's a difference the difference
0: <laughs> so that is that is the benefit of your trip so far and so on that note we will uh, call our show to a close thank you so much for joining us again another episode of masks of new York Tip. in our travel to the orient series shanghai awaits very shortly and we will see you next week